Get up, come on. Get up and run. Get up and run. If it's the first time you've switched on the Get Up and Run podcast, you're probably thinking, is is this a podcast for me? Well, if you're a trial runner or an ultra runner, then yes, it is. If you run on tarmac, see ya. Bye. Don't want to be a part of it. See ya. Come back when you've hit the trails. Are they gone? Yeah, they have. Everybody else, get up. It's the trail and ultra running podcast that we'd like to put in your ears. Who's on the show today? No other than Ricky Wynn. Island's powerhouse. Powerhouse. The man that brought me the words. And I love this. I love this, ladies and gentlemen. Average pace wins the race. That's it. Continuity. Habits. All this. It was a cracking show. One of our best, yeah, I'd say. Ricky Wynn runs for Ireland. He's a brilliant ultra and a brilliant a person. Straight back from Austria, where he competed against the rest of the world in the long race. He also talks to us about Gaelic football. Also about Tough Mudder. And how he made the change into ultra runner. Some mistakes that he made with training and how he's tweaked them up. And also... Ricky on the Reef. This is um, an incredible record that he broke last year. But on the whole, he's an amazingly good guy. You'll pick up loads of hints and tips if you're a runner. So if you're out running, take a pen and paper with you and write all this down. But first of all, you need to get up. If you haven't already, get up. Get up now. Get out. Get up a mountain. God damn it, a lot of you. Go on. Go, get, go on, Ricky Wynn in the show. Brilliant. Welcome to the Get Up and Run podcast. Now, listen, uh, Rachel, are you there? You're late. That is what we're talking about. We're talking about Austria. I've just come back from Austria. But there's also somebody else who's in our virtual Austria right now. I can see him running up and down near the cable cars. In Hodel, which is seven thousand three hundred twenty-nine meters in height, it, it, it's Ricky Wynn. Ricky, how are you? Hey, how's it going? How's it going? I'm I'm very happy to be at the top of Hodel right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Before we start talking about the long, I like the way how they called the races in Austria: the vert, the short yeah. race, the long race, and then the town race, as if like the long race was something like a, I don't know, like a seven miler in the hills. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I feel really bad though for the for the short trail people because they're like somebody says to them, "Oh, you just doing the short trail?" You know, yeah. come on, man, it's forty four kilometers, three thousand oh, meters of climbing. Like, <laughs> it's not short at all. It man. is not short. Like, you know? <laughs> no, I, and, and it's not flat. It's, it's definitely not oh, flat. Like, that's I, don't other, about, uh, I don't know about I don't I don't know about you, um, <laughs> but when I when I was getting the train from Munich into um, Innsbruck, Ricky. I was like, oh, it's getting dark early. Then I looked out the window and there's these lumps of earth going up into the sky. The Alps was just like, oh my God. But anyway, before we start chit-chatting about Austria, for anybody who has been living on the moon, can you just do a quick bio of who you are and um, you're running, you know, a, a bit about that. And me and Rachel will make you a virtual 
hot drink. What is your preferred hot drink? Uh, at this time of the evening, a cup of tea. A cup of tea. Oh, nice. Good man. Good man. Right, well, go and make your virtual cup of tea. If you can just say, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a soundbite about who you are and your running and so on and what's literally just happened. And then we'll go and ask you loads of questions, like some geeks. Yeah, well, was the best thing to start with was my name. So I'm Ricky Wynn. I'm five foot two, which I like to tell everyone. I'm a vegan ultra runner, and I am forty years of age, so I'm no spring chicken. And uh, I got into running about six years ago after playing football for my entire life, and uh, I pretty much just took it serious from the word go because I loved it so much. And and uh, just recently, I got to run for my country, which was a dream come true, and. I'll fill in all the gaps, uh, whatever questions you have to answer or ask me, I'll answer as best I can. So I'm looking forward to having the chat with you. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. And then, so, Ricky, let's talk about the pre-Ricky um, win ultra running. You said you were playing football for years. At what point did ultra running come onto the scene? Who introduced you to it? And then what made you think, I want to give this a go? Yeah, so football ended. Not that it ended. It's just that I wanted to try something new, something different, because I'd given all I could for that sport, you know. Loved it. Loved it every minute of it. And uh, it's all I ever wanted to do was be a footballer. And this is Gaelic football. This isn't soccer. I did play soccer, but this is Irish Gaelic football. Hard hard hitting stuff, you know. I I was going to say, can you explain Gaelic football to some of the listeners that don't know anything about it? Because it's possibly one of the best sports you can watch on TV. Yeah, Gaelic football is kind of like a cross between uh, Aussie rules, rugby, basketball, and uh, wrestling. It's 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 just <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it it has it all. It has it all. It's a very fast, very hard hitting, very skillful game, and um, you know what I mean. It's I'm sure it's loved all over the world, but it's it's particularly loved in Ireland. You know, it's our sport. But and, I'm and, sure people from all over the world have seen it at some stage, you know. And injuries and stuff. What kind of injuries did you pick up in your in your career? Did you run? What level did you play? The, yeah, well, like football? I played senior football here, which is it's an amateur sport. You yeah, know, there is no professionals in in Ireland at the sport. But I played at like senior level, which is as high as you can get in it, you know. But yeah. injury wise, I was always very lucky, you know. I. I always made sure that I was uh, fast and, and, and uh, I was almost nearly trying to be two steps ahead of the game just so because of my height and everything like that, I couldn't afford to get hit too hard, you know, because if I got mm. hit too hard, then you're out of action for a while. So I suppose my, my whole life has been a, about getting stuck in, but not, not getting too stuck in, if you know <laughs> what I mean. You know, you're, Good. you're on the fence all the time. Yeah, not brilliant. And then... Uh, uh, where where or who did the whole ultra running came in was there like somebody that you already knew that was doing it or you seen it on the TV and then you thought and how long did that decision take from going thinking about it to doing it this is what I like you know like because I think you're you're very ambitious and you're very driven how long yeah, you yeah well, I, on... I jumped straight yeah. from football into OCR yes. races so obstacle course racing and uh, that was huge at the time. It was huge in England. It, like you had Tough Mother, you had Spartan, you had all these kind of races, and you had loads of them in Ireland as well. 
And I started doing them, and they were short courses. They were like 8 to 10K and loads of obstacles in them, and they were great fun. And uh, I, I did really well in them. And we had like an OCR league, so obstacle course racing Ireland had a league. Brilliant. And, uh, I entered that league. I did really well in it. I trained pretty hard for it. Like everything I do, I kind of just think, look, if I train really hard at this, I, I'll win a lot of things, you know? So yeah. I, I won as much as I could in that. And then I got invited over to do Tough Mother in Nottingham in England. And that was a 12-hour endurance race. And it started oh. at midnight and it ran until 12 the next day. And it was a five-mile loop. And you just kept having to run loops of this up and over obstacles all night long in the dark and until 12 hours was up. And then you found out how many loops you could do. And there was thousands of people in it. There was like 3,500 people in it. And I finished 11th, I think. And my younger brother was 10th. And actually, Jonathan Albin won it that year. So Jonathan, who is an ah. unbelievable ultra runner right now, one of the best in the world. Yeah, yeah he, he was the best in the world at all those kind of things back then as well, the, at the obstacle course racing. But so to, to answer that question... After that race, everyone was like, oh, my God, you're going to have to do this. This is what you're, you're going to make money at this sport. And then I was thinking, no, 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 no. I just ran for 12 hours around mm. the field. And that was the coolest thing I've ever done that I had actually ran for like 12 hours. And I go, nah, this is what I want to do. So I, of course, yes. I went home, hopped on YouTube, found a guy called Anton Kapitschka fell in love with that man yeah. because he's like a god in, in ultra running and, and that was it like my, my love for the sport has grown and grown since then you know and what did you did you actually meet John at all that weekend or uh, did you did you just see him at all did you get well, do you know like I was literally him? like I was talking to John um, in Innsbruck the day before I flew home yeah. Talking to him the same way I'm talking to you. Such a nice guy. Really oh, nice lovely guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. And get what he said to me in that race. Because me and my brother were in that race. And Tough Mother is a very sort of community-driven thing, right? And it's yeah. like you help each other along the course. Now, John, he was on the course to win that day. That's what he was doing. Huge prize money. But me and my brother, of course, we wanted to do really well. But we had gotten up this... Ugh, this kind of like slide that was damn near impossible to get up. Was that Everest? Uh, it probably was. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and we got up on the top of that, and like we were about to head off on our own, but then we could see that there were other people struggling to get up. So yeah. we helped about maybe twenty-five people up onto that ledge. Like you know, yeah. they were running, and we were grabbing them, and catching them, and pulling them, and driving them on, and saying, "Go on, go on, drive it on, drive it on." And at the very end of the race, Jonathan Alvin came up to me and my brother, and he said. This is why I love this sport. He says, what you two guys did there, you know. And I thought that was such a cool thing for someone like him to say to us back then, you know. it was in, it, I was inspired by him. If you know and I mean. plus, by you helping those 25 people, it made sure that he really won. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, that's why honest, he came over to say yeah, that to you. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, no. I, think, I think he was okay. I think he, he was pretty safe that day. Oh. He, he was unbelievable at that sport. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, We'll go on to that later on, the way that John mixes it up in his training. Um, you know, I met him first time in 2019 at the Worlds in Portugal. And, you know, the you know he loves his obstacle courses and he, he mixes it all up, which is, I think is so important with 
running and so on. But it was a shame with because I don't know if you spoke with his like Yeah, he was telling uh, me, yeah. 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 So that, that he had shame. some kind of a reaction. Yeah, some kind of a, rea- a reaction. Yes. Yeah, and then just yeah, because to, to of like, um, the antibiotics he was on. Yeah, yeah. Hugh, are you breaking up? Paul, Paul, Paul I, Yeah. So, but my wife probably just sent me a text to not talk so loudly, probably from the kitchen. I'm here. Mike, I'm here. Me. Oh, is everybody gone? Oh, drat. Oh, yeah, oh good. Yeah, we're all still here. No, was I making up a bit? No, we're all good. Oh. Yeah, Ricky, I can hear you, yeah. Ricky, did you, um, on the, the um, oh, 12 hour Tough Mudder, did you have to do the electric shock one every loop as well? Is it every yeah. obstacle? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. That's bad enough I... once, yet alone. <laughs> but we had to do it. We had to swim through uh, the back of an articulated lorry yeah, trailer. Yeah, I did that one. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, get out of that and then do that electric shock thing. I was like, oh, oh my honestly, god! You Come are on. right. It is. It is like a family. There's so many of those. I mean, I've I've done quite a few of them, and like the Everest wall, you can't get up it without support from other no, people. No. Yeah. How the first guy ever gets over that is beyond me. Yeah, exactly. And then you have those things in the water, like the wheels in the water. Yeah. And yeah. You, you really do need people to help you Absolutely. get across that. And even if you're the winner, you need somebody to help you. Because like, you, you can't get over it on your own, you know? No, 100%. So, that's, yeah. uh, that's just madness. I mean, I've only done like the ones that you, you, you just go around once. So I cannot imagine doing that for 12 hours. Yeah, it was, uh, it was unbelievable. Like it was one of the coolest things. I'm saying this, I'm saying this years now. Oh, Everything I do, someone says, "What was that like?" And my answer is, "It's the same." It's like, "Oh, that's the best thing I ever did in my life." You know, <laughs> Brilliant. I've been saying that since I was thirty-two years of age, and now I'm forty. Every everything I do is, "Oh, that's the best thing I ever did in my life." Every <laughs> every time, like yeah. And then yeah. how how soon after that tough murder did you do the ultra in two thousand and seventeen? How much training did you put in for your first one? Yeah, so I then. Pretty much soon after, pretty much a few weeks after that, I, I jumped in and I decided I was going to do an ultra. Like, like I ran a couple of 5Ks and 10Ks, you know, for the crack, for the fun, and yeah. for kind of like just to stay fit for football, but never on a serious level. And then I signed up for a 50K. And uh, I, I didn't train properly for that because I didn't know how to train properly for that. Yeah. I didn't know who to ask. So I just figured, well, this is the... The winner won it in this time. So I trained every single day at that pace that the winner won it in for really? 20 weeks. Oh, my yeah, that's, that's all I did. I ran 20K a day, running at four minutes per kilometer every <laughs> single day because I thought that's the only way I'm going to win that race, you know. That's and then did you, pick up any, did, you, oh, sorry, sorry, uh, did you pick up any injuries or... Did you lose friends? You know, did you? <laughs> did people still remember who you were? How did that go? Uh, I picked Jesus. up all of the injuries, all of them. Yeah. Shin splints, yeah. yeah. Shin splints, uh, IT band syndrome, Fucking tendonitis. I, I was, I was literally walking tendonitis. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's but that... but like when when you're a bit stupid 
and you don't really know who to ask. You know, uh, you make these mistakes. You know, R- Ricky, I'm I'm a very experienced idiot, and I'm, <laughs> Me too. I, I, and and I think a lot of the time because I haven't got the ability to take on very important information. Sometimes you have a better adventure because yeah. because you haven't got the parameters or the facts have stuck in your brains. And then, so was that the one where you came second after that training? Yeah, so I came second after that. Yeah, so that was great. Like, but but like you know, I mean, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say it was a fantastic time because it wasn't. It was a very average time. Yeah, it's just I just managed to come second because that's just that's just what happened. But then the following year is when I started to get a bit more serious and I started to figure out, look, this is what these guys are doing. This is what this person's doing. This is what I need to be doing. So I got a little bit more specific with my training. I entered um, I entered three races that year. Good I man. Did, I did the maxi race in Annecy in France. And yeah. then I did that 50K again. So, And I did another race as well that year and in the maxi race in france i ended up coming this my first major ultra i ended up coming 16th in that race like you know how much did you learn by running abroad yeah again like because that was my first trail run brilliant abroad yeah abroad brilliant i i didn't again i didn't really know what I was doing, but I had I had a better idea of how to train for these things, you know, and just seeing, like I had trained in in areas that were nothing like France, there were nothing like Annecy, the mountains. I had never seen something like that before. But at the same time, I learned very fast, you know, and I'm I'm small, I'm light, I'm quick on my feet, and that's why the trails suit me, you know. They just it's just it just kind of comes easy to me bombing down a hill, you know. I'm not afraid to come down a hill really fast and and i'm not afraid to like fall if you know what i mean Uh, and then your progression from 2017 let's almost park it at 2022 because you did something quite amazing in 2022 um how were you getting better and better as well as training yourself did you have a coach or were you running with other like runners at a different level what was getting you to these different levels, Ricky, that is just making this big sort of mega Ricky, if that makes sense? Yeah, well, for me, it was like I never had a coach because I just think because like for anyone that doesn't know, I'm a carpenter by trade. So I have a vent- I'm like and a roofing carpenter at that. So I have a, vent- a very manual labor, extensive job as in I'm, a- I'm working hard every day. So if I have a coach, and I need to do a certain workout on a Wednesday or a Friday and I'm really tired. It's I just felt like this will never work. Nobody's going to want to coach me. And I don't really want to coach because I love running and I love training. And I still love running and I still love training. And I think that if I personally had a coach, I actually think that the structure of it, it'd make me almost fall out of love with it. You know Exactly. You I, like the them and being able to do it whenever you you can in a sense rather than yeah, having to be exactly. yeah exactly brilliant. but i still get to work in as and i still do my sessions you know i yeah. don't just run around the roads and expect to get better like i do do my sessions and i do do very specific work on the trails and stuff like that to get better but again because of what you said there it's like 
you know, to get better at the sport, you have to brace people that are better than you. You know, if you want to be the best, yeah. you got to train and you got to try and beat the rest. So, yeah. like Ireland is full of very, very good runners. You know, yeah. And that's the thing. If you you want to go far in the sport and you want to do well in races, you have to try and compete with these lads. So over the years. I've raced so much against the same lads and I've just got to know them and got to know their training and stuff like that. And, and, and like, again, it's, again, it's like a community as well. Like, even though I'm trying to beat these guys week in, week out, we're, we're all friends as well. Like, you that, know, we all share that, information that, and stuff like that. That's the good, great thing about the community, as you say, that everybody wants to help everybody. Going back to with my geek hat on, you know, whenever you were on about uh, Anton and watching the guy that won the race and you replicated it all the time is there specific people that you'll follow on strava and then mimic what they're doing in their training plan or how do you put your own training plan together sort of thing ricky obviously if it's top secret don't tell me no there's no secret i just found it's it's not even watching like i follow loads of guys i follow loads of like famous runners like Jim Walmsley, Zach Miller, all these guys. But I'd never really train like them because their training and my training are going to be so different. But mm. what I do do is I follow lads that I'm competing against, you know. Yes. I, I keep an eye on their Strava and like 90% of those guys are on Strava. You know, they're not afraid to hide stuff and they, they post a lot of stuff. And I can kind of see what they're doing and where they are. And then I tweak my training to kind of match theirs just to make sure that I'm getting the same kind of volume out of my mm. training so that it, I know that when that I turn what, up on race day, I'll be close to them. Is that what keeps you so motivated? Because you've, you've not got a coach. Is it things like Strava and other people's data that makes you get out there and put the work in daily? Um, I suppose a little bit, but I, 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 I kind of think motivation is a funny one because like honestly, it sounds stupid. Like, but I just love training. I love training. Mm. It's all I want to do. Like, I don't want to go to work at all. I just want to run. That's, that's Brilliant. It, you know? Yeah. And then, so in terms of what you know, for anybody that hasn't used Strava, because we have new people listening to the show and so on, I think for for Strava for runners, because I think triathletes can hide their training so other people don't see it. But trail runners, ultra runners, they're very open. You know, you can, as you say, Zach Miller, you know, he's on there. You can see what he's training. Or Killian Jornet, you can see where they are. And as you say, the demographics, you can see how you want to train. Now, you mentioned Zach Miller. Before we go into Austria, <laughs> can we talk about Ricky on the Reek? Now, I'll put um, a link into this for people to have a look. I, I, I've watched this quite a few times today for YouTube. You do. Um, it's always good whenever um, I think people with talent um, support charities and especially close to your heart. Can you explain a little bit about what R Ricky on the Reek was and who it was for? Um, yeah. Ricky? Yeah. Well, it, it, it's like it actually only popped up on my phone that it's pretty much a year a year ago that I did it, I did it on the 11th of June last year, and um, it was just something, I, w I never did anything for a charity, you know, like, I, I saw guys do, you know, like, uh, 12 Martins in 12 days, or 30 Martins in 30 days, and they're all very cool things, and it's just something like that 
didn't really appeal to me, you know, and the whole charity thing. I wanted to do something, but I never knew what I wanted to do. And then I always train on this mountain called Crow Patrick. And somebody asked me one time, you know, how many times do you think you could run up and down? Because I've ran up and down it like three or four times. It's 764 meters high. <laughs> and it's very, very steep. Like, it's like 40 degrees. Like, it's it's a beast of a thing, like, you know. And I'd go up three or four times and train him. But, like, that was it. And then just spitballing, saying how many times. And I said, I don't know. Jeez, I don't know. And then I just found out that, you know, there was 11 guys back in 2010 that went up and down it. Uh, 12 times and I said Jesus you know could I do it 12 times and I said maybe I could and then I did a little bit more research and I found out that if I did it 15 times that'd be a world record because some guy over in England did it on a, on a different gradient hill and he had the, the current world record and I said okay and like the reason I did it was because a friend of mine had motor neuron disease you know and I wanted to be able to do something because I just felt that motor neuron disease is this the horrible disease that basically shuts your body down and you, you can't, you've no control over what you can or can't do. Whereas in, I thought that mine would be pretty fit and that I'm going to push my body to the absolute limits of what it can do because I can, because I'm lucky enough to be able to do something. Mm. Like that, you know? So and I that, ended up yeah. running up and down Propatrick 15 times in 24 hours getting uh the world record for most meters ascended and descended on foot and that was twelve thousand meters up and twelve thousand meters down the incredible that is like round of applause incredible because and was it your dad in the youtube footage that was um like support crew yeah so i had my wife and um my dad was there at the end like but it was like to be honest it was mainly like my wife and some of her family and a brother of mine that were like my main crew because my older brother is into the running as well. My younger brother's into it. And my older brother, I think he came up seven times with me, which is like about, you know, six, six thousand something meters of climbing. Like, so it was unreal. Like I had family, I had friends, I had everything around the whole day. It was uh, what was your what was, what was your fueling for? Oh, sorry. Sorry. You go, Rachel. What was that? How incredible is your wife as well? You know, you training six, seven hours a day. She's, yeah, like supporting uh, you. She's obviously, you know, yeah, herself. She, she's the best. Like you know, like, like I wouldn't do half the stuff I do without her help. Like you know, like even if if anyone sees her or follows me on Instagram, you'll always see Trina takes over my Instagram <laughs> for the day and races, and she she's brilliant at it. You know, and and. Uh, yeah, she supports me a hundred percent. Like, and well, was she in Ireland? Uh, was she in Ireland? Was she in Austria as well? No, she wasn't actually. No. She she was at Harry Styles. Don't tell anyone she was at Harry Styles. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, and then yeah. you're fueling, which we'll go on to for the yeah. other races. You're fueling for the um, Ricky on the Reek. What 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 were you putting in your body that day? Yeah, for something like that, it's a bit different because you have the time. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like a race where you're on the limit and and uh so i was able to have a lot more actual food like so i was able to eat like i was able to eat like wraps with bits of falafel in it and uh you know i was able to have soup and stuff like that you know so so i was able to use like 
a variety of different foods on on a challenge like that compared to racing where it's all gels or, or drink mixes or something like that, you know. Well, actually, the, the coolest thing about that whole challenge was that I, I raised um, 37,000 euros wow. for wow. motor neuron disease. So that was like, that was the, the best thing about that day, you know. And if and you're and it's, vegan, Ricky, if you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and do you find that you're limited diet-wise or... I, mean, I don't know, like, you know, I don't know, maybe it's because I love training and I love, like, running and I love everything like that. We kind of like those kind of restrictions on us at the same time, yeah. you know, it, it just keeps you more disciplined. It, it, it keeps it keeps you more focused as well, like, you know, that you make sure what you're putting in your body is pretty good, you know, so yeah. that you're you're very good at planning ahead. You're planning all your meals. You're planning all your lunches for when you go to work and stuff like that. So it's just, it's part of the training, I think, you know, and that's yeah. why I enjoy being a vegan as well. Oh, that, that's a good point. Um, as you say, rather than seeing it as a, a hindrance, you see it as a plus because you're organised rather than, if you can eat loads of shit, you can eat loads of shit. But if yeah. you've just got yeah. this... And how long have you been a vegan? Uh, I've been vegan, I think, five years in October. Yeah. So we, like that. Did, did yeah. You, so that works out. Did you notice a change in your running ability whenever you became a vegan? I noticed... Like, the reason I, I decided to try it was for lots of reasons, but one of the main reasons was I heard it was so good for recovery. And, yeah. And, like, that... that for me is what it was all about it was like i need to be doing this for a long time like because at the same time when i was starting to get good at this sport i was still 37 years of age or 30 you know it's closer to 38 when yeah. i started to get good and i was thinking i need to stay good i need to stay good now i'm getting good now i need to stay good so yeah. like i think diet is plays a huge part in that like you know as in like i'm 40 now and i just feel like i'm 20 you know and i i put that down to a good diet like and and going about the 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 gels and stuff what what are your go-to gels for vegan uh for any vegans that we got listening thinking oh right okay what what does he have whenever he's out running because i like we, we um voom bar is one of our um sponsors and stuff and they're vegan as well as lactose intolerant and so on so i was just wondering what fuel do, or gels do you use whenever you're you're running yeah, I'm using Precision Hydration. Like, their stuff is pretty good. And, like, I, I was using Morton for a while, but uh, I just I just got sick of using Morton. Like, I think nutrition is funny, you know? It's yeah. like people will say, oh, do you have a nutrition sponsor? And I think, I think it would be very hard to have a nutrition sponsor because what worked for you today might not work for you the next race or the race after that. 100%. And... Going back to Precision Hydration, they are fantastic. I'm trying to think of the. I've had the guy who, because he's an ex uh, runner himself, so that they they can organise a sort of. You fill in if you go onto their website, you can fill in height, weight, speed. Yeah, whatever. yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's really very good. good. Yeah. yeah, Precision Hydration. Give them, give them a look there. So now we're going for it. This is where. We we go geek geekness oh. geek geek geekness and geekville. Um, let's talk Austria. Um, when and I was looking at your Strava. By the love of God, you did some good training before you went out there. Yeah, well, we'd say the qualifier for the Irish team wasn't yeah. that long ago either. Like so, 
there was a very quick turnaround between qualifying and then actually heading over to Austria. So, and I'll be, and you know, I was at the UTS in San Beres for you know the UTMB. Yeah, and I was speaking to a few Irish lads there that hadn't got into the team, and these guys are good quality as well. So, the the level of Irish out there in Austria was at such a strong level on all all of the races. It was just fantastic. So. When did you arrive in uh, Innsbruck? I got, we flew out to Innsbruck on the 5th and we were there until the 11th. Got it. So, I, yeah, same as me. So, you got there on the, was that the Saturday, the Sunday? Um, was it the Saturday? It's Saturday, I think. And did, and what, did you go into the hills and stuff to train before the races started? Or what was your, what yeah. was your day to day when you were there, sort of thing? Yeah, I have to say, like from from an athlete point of view, like we were spoiled rotten. Like our our management, like the Irish team management, and like uh, the support crew we had were brilliant. Like yeah. I felt like I was a pro athlete, you know, from the moment I got on the plane until the moment I flew home. You know, I didn't want or need for anything. No matter, they, I was kept very relaxed. I was kept very chilled out. Mm. There was no pressure put on us whatsoever. It was just like. Just go, just enjoy it. We we'll fill in the gaps. We'll do whatever, and yeah. all all I had to do was wake up, have breakfast, go for a shakeout run, come home, put the feet up. You know, if I wanted to, I could go and watch the other competitors run, which we did. Like we went out to see a bit of them, you know. But we were trying to stay off our feet as much as we could as well. And I think that worked that worked well in terms of the management. I was lucky enough to catch up with Richard. Um, I first met Richard, who was the manager in, for Ireland in 2019, and he's such a nice lad. Yeah, he's, he's like, good uh, too. He is, isn't he? He's like an old-fashioned kind of football coach. You yeah. know, he's there, you know, because we'll go on to your long race soon, but there's, like, a, the cable car, you, you get, like, the bus from Innsbruck for where their aid station was, for mile well for kilometer 44k and you get the cable car up to hodel which is the 1964 um olympic sort of viewing area and richard carted up the food in this big sort of luggage bag and you saw him taking it round and then there's the area where all the runners come running in and out and he's there placing it and it's the, the the support for the runners, as you say, is just incredible. And these are the unsung heroes, the managers. Yeah, because, he wow. did that. He did that for everyone. He did that yes. for the people in the in the vertical, the short yep. course, the classic. He did it for the juniors. He did it for everyone. You know. Oh, just the mass- unreal, like massive answer. And talking of time off legs, because I was speaking to a few, because what they do, right, Rachel, the the um, the the day before the first race, the vertical, they um, there's like a procession through Innsbruck, mm. and each team have their like big sort of like um, flag on a. Oh, you saw your, I saw your videos. Ah, yeah, and so they all walk around into Innsbruck with that. Yeah, and I was speaking to a few of the teams, and I was saying, "Oh, where's such and such? Where's such and such?" And they were saying, "Well, we've told them not to come so they can have time off legs." <laughs> yeah, and, and I was thinking, Jesus Christ, but it's a you know, some of them might not be here in two years' time in Camp Frank for, you know, the next 
the next three sort of thing. So it was great to see all of you guys there and stuff. And going on to the races, so the short day, did you go up? And, not the short day, the vertical. Did you go up that day to have a look at the runners? Yeah, so we like we were there. There was maybe seven or eight of us, and we like sort of found a, a great spot about two hundred meters from the finish, and like we just sat there, tried Brilliant. to sit there. It was like it was so steep. I had a bag. And the bag wouldn't stop rolling down the hill, and these people are <laughs> expected to run up it like. Oh, ridiculous! It was insane. That was the, the most insane thing I've ever seen. Yes, that race. It was incredible. And, and yeah. to, to give give the listeners some idea of the the vert, as you say, your bag was rolling down. You know, yeah. I I I I I'd physically sat down myself. This was like I got the cable car up. To as high as it would go, and then I walked halfway up to to the finish. Um, you know, there was roast media, so I stood with them because I was taking photos um, for the get up. And, and then not only was my bag rolling down, but I was starting to slide down. <laughs> and, and then yeah. you hear you hear right, Rachel, these like big sort of like whooshes above you. And you think bloody hell, those clouds are going fast, and there's just these people throwing <laughs> themselves off the mountain with these parachutes, and then you realise. Jesus Christ, how high! Oh, it's ridiculous. But the guy who won, oh, it's nuts. The, the guy who won the um, the men's vert, I've got a photo of the Uganda guy, yeah. and he's running as if he's running on the flat. Yeah. Really? Both he was feet, very impressive. Oh, mate, impressive. but you know, like both his feet were off the ground, and you look at, imagine if both your, your feet were up off the ground if you're trying to run up a curtain. And That's Ricky, is think. that, is the vert something that you want to give a go or? I, I I don't I know. I, I think I'd stick to the long stuff. Yeah, that's just brutal. Mental. It's... And the thing is, as well, right, Ricky? What I, what you know, like normally, whenever you're doing fell running or running in the mountains, you get a bit of a treat after running up a mountain. You get to run down it. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. No, it's just straight up. And what was good to see as well with the the women's, um, she was, I think she's thirty four. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's 34 and Austrian, yeah, yeah. and and they. I was speaking with like some of the locals, and they call her like the uh, the Austrian snake because yeah. whenever she's focused, she's sort of like you know she's got like a running technique like Michael Johnson used to have, and it was like yeah, brilliant. So yeah, it's very cool to see her oh, win win her home race as well. I just thought yeah, that was super cool. Like, yeah, really important. And then the short race, <laughs> did you go and watch that at all, or were you having a day off? No, we went in. I, I didn't stay for too many hours, but we were there for a couple of hours because we wanted to see the, you know, we wanted to see our, our Irish team come in. So I was there for three or four of the lads coming in and I might have caught one or two of the women coming in and then and then I headed home. But I saw Stian come in. I saw Stian win. Yeah. And I saw John Alban come in and I saw... I saw a couple of the, the the top ten finishers come in, like you know. So Brilliant. that that was just like a, they were the moments where like my race was getting real. Then it was like, yeah, okay, okay it's it's time to get ready now, Rick. You know. Uh, and what's your what's your kind of food and fuel the days going up to that? You know, what's yeah, your, it's it was no hot. different. It's no what? different than normal. No. It's like uh, the only difference is I might throw a few extra carbs in, like another. I might have another like bowl of rice, you know, with my veg, but on top of whatever rice I was having originally. Like I, 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 
have a very good balance of veg and carbs like 99% of the time anyway so I don't like to change too much everyone's the same I think you know whatever you do leading up to a race day don't do anything majorly different try yeah, and stick with the it. same you know yeah you you, you kind of want to stay regular if you know what I mean you want you want to wake up in the morning and and everything work the way it normally does like and then so did you sleep the night before I did, yeah, I did. Like, like that. Like, I do little things, like to try because there was a long time there for a lot for a few years. Like the night before a race, I could never sleep. I was like too excited or too nervous. <laughs> I'm or exactly like that. the same. Yeah, so I just figured, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to start watching some absolute crap <laughs> on Netflix. Brilliant. And and, and completely turn off. You know? Zone out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, completely zone off. And since I started doing that, maybe like a year or two ago I, I sleep really well the night before race, you know? <laughs> That's pre- sign up for Netflix if you can't sign sleep I love it yeah and don't brilliant. watch something good like watch something crap watch something crap. Yeah. brilliant yeah. so race day started at half six what time were you up and what time did you get down to the start line yeah was, that's the thing about ultra running right they're early starts I was up at four yeah. Yeah. Uh, up at four. We were very lucky because we weren't staying that far away from the start line. We were yeah. staying up in Dubai, and the start line was only about fifteen minutes down the road from us, if even that, if even that. So I was up at four, had a decent breakfast. My normal breakfast where it's like a bagel, but I didn't have a bagel. I had some bread with peanut butter and jam on it. Yeah. Uh, proper food. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A cup of coffee, maybe two cups of coffee, and <laughs> that was it. I, I'm good to go after that, you know. And then, like that, I just always start with a gel at the start line, you know. I always have a gel at the start line, just it sort of like gets your mind ready. It's sort of going, all right, fuel from now, from now, set your watch. This is it every hour on the hour, 60 grams of carbs. Let's go. Oh, wow. Um, and what was your what was your race plan? My race plan was. It's very because because it was so unknown that race. There were so many yeah. changes leading up because they changed the course a little bit because of the snow. And then I was listening to uh, you're trying to get a feel for the pros, right? So you're trying yeah. to get a feel for the guy that's going to win it, and you want to know what he thinks. And all you're hearing is someone like Zach Miller saying, "Well, it's going to be won between ten and twelve hours." Sorry, that's a huge window, like you know. So massive, yeah. Yeah, you're looking at two hours, and you're trying to figure out a pace. That you can maintain, yeah. To 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 be within within that time, like, and so I just figured, okay, there's they're saying there's going to be six and a half thousand meters of climbing, so I gotta assume there's at least six, you know, because yep. again, and then I was just thinking, okay, can I hold eight minutes a kilometer for eighty seven or eighty six k at at this, and then that was the plan. So try and just stick at average pace. I I always race average pace because i always think even in races i win i always say average pace wins the race you know yeah if, if you could stick to that you have a chance of getting on the podium or a chance of getting your goal time or something like that rather than getting carried away with current pace because you could look at current pace or you could look at heart rate and all that data could blow your brain apart like whereas and if you just look at one thing average pace i just think that works really well for me right. you know where did you get that um, mythology from and for it to stick where, where did you was this something that you've sort of like peeled up like an onion peeled away different ideas in your head and you thought average pace uh, wins the race because for me that is a 
beautiful mantra, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's simple. Yeah, I learned it through, like we'll say, if you do all your local races, I, I always think like, you can't recce a race in Austria, right? No. But you can recce a race at home. So if you've got important races that you want to do well in at home, local to you, or within like, you know, 50 or 60 miles of where you live, I think you have to recce a race. And yeah. if you recce a race enough times, you learn that, all right, I did this section, that section. I did this section from here to there. My average was this and my average was this. And that, that's how I did it. I used to always go, well, my average was that and that. And that section was that. So if I keep that kind of pace all the race through, I'll do okay here, you know. Brilliant. And that's that's how I learned that. Like, yeah. And and your, it was, a, it was hot, Cherokee. It was very hot out there. Well, you know, how were you cooling yourself down and stuff? Or are you just heat adapted? Are you okay with the heat? Yeah, I think uh, us Irish people, I don't know what it is. We don't get that much sun, but we do okay in it. You know, yeah. I, I actually do well. in The in, The last thing I wanted to see was rain. I was like, yeah. do not rain. I'm on holidays. Don't <laughs> rain, you know. <laughs> I, I see enough rain at home, so I was more than happy to see the sun. And we had like, we same as yourselves, we, we had like two weeks, maybe three weeks of 20 degree weather, which is like a freak of nature at the minute but it was brilliant to get that because by the time i got to austria like that 20 degrees 22 degrees leading up to the race was fine i know race day was a bit hotter i think it was about 25 degrees on race Mm. day but i loved it like i had no issue with the heat whatsoever and then talk us through the um aid stations i managed to get up to the one in hodel which was in up in the snow you know sort of thing the 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 climb up there was oh. ridiculous. Can you yeah. talk us through the climb? Yeah, I, I, the the race, right? The only low I had in that race, <laughs> at that climb. That's the only <laughs> low I had, and like I was bang on course for like eight minute kilometers. I was actually like around seven fifty a kilometer up until I got to that climb. Yeah, and that climb, I nearly. I nearly collapsed in on top of the snow and, and lay down. Like I was thinking, yeah. I actually cannot get up this hill. Like it was, it was insane that time. Oh, and the altitude you. and whatever it was doing to me. And and not just me, it was like, it was like a war Everyone. zone. Yeah, it was, it was, it, was insane. And, yeah. and ju- just to give the listeners an idea of the altitude, the cable car journey took 25 minutes to get up. Wow. When I got off the top, my my fillings felt heavy in my teeth. Wow. It was ridiculous. And, and then I said, oh, what way are they coming from? And then this one person showed me, and I was like, and I just turned out and said, but that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just you can't do that. But, the you know, the views spoke to But it, it was just incredible. And then how did you, where does your head go? Or are you just the happiest man in the world all the way through it? You know, this is brilliant opportunity. I'm loving it. Or where do you, where do you, where is the the fun cave? The you know the pain cave. Where do you, where do you go for the the good time to get you up the hard time sort of thing? Yeah, I think like for for that like that for that whole race, I was in great spirits. I was in good form, and and there I was having a, a sort of a low moment where I was thinking. Jesus, man, you're only 45k in. You have a long way to go, and you're feeling pretty bad right now. But, but I always try and I always try and smile. I always try and put on like even if it's only a fake smile. I tell you, 
it's amazing what a smile will do. A smile will make you feel better, like, and it'll, you, then it'll make you think that there is nowhere else I want to be right now. As as bad as this feels right now, I am exactly where I want to be right now. And when I get to the top of this hill, I'm gonna hammer a gel. I'm gonna hammer an electrolyte, and I'm gonna laugh. And then I'm going to get out of there, you know. And that's, that's all you can say to yourself. You know? And that's exactly what I did. I got up there. I hammered a few electrolytes into me. And I got, um, I, I downed a 90 gram precision gel just there, straight down the hatch. And I said, right, give me my poles. I'm out of here. And when I was leaving Hodel, there was like two foot of snow for about 300 meters. Yeah. And I felt like I had no control over anything. I felt like I'm <laughs> going to fall on my arse here and somebody's going to get a picture of it. That's all I was thinking of. Because the whenever you leave the Hodel checkpoint, because what happens here, Rachel, they run in and then they go upstairs and then it's you've got the, the different nationalities set up for them to go into their aid station. I think um, Ireland was about one behind um gb and then they go down these stairs and then you just see them run into the mountainous snow abyss yeah. and it's like good luck and goodbye you know it's like jesus christ this is you know but you you know the the fans they're all going ali 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 and it's electric up there you know i think you know whenever you're exhausted to have the support yeah the austrians are just oh it was just and, great. And, you know it's a great thing to have those people there because you are pretty oh. low at that stage and if there was nobody there you could feel sorry for yourself but because there's so many people shouting and roaring you feel like you feel like you'd let them down if yes. you didn't give them a response like if, if you didn't give them a fist pump or if you didn't give them a ali 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 back you know what i mean and like it's stuff like that that keeps you moving forward like and then you know the last say kilometer whenever you're coming in sinsbrook where was your emotional state? Were you, you like, was it as if you were like watching the end of a romantic movie and getting all emotional, or were you just, just off your face on endorphins and unhappiness? You know, well, and, and endorphins and happiness. Where were you in your sort of, oh my god, this is it, sort of thing? Yeah, it was like I, I said at the start of the race, I said whatever happens when I get to this descent, when I get to that last aid session, I want to have legs. I want to have like just in case I need to move quick and I have a chance of ticking off one or two more places because like that it's for the team you know you're trying yeah. to get as high up the field as you can because points matter like yeah and uh, I was just thinking if I can pass another guy if I can pass another guy and over the last maybe 15k I was able to pass three or four guys you know oh, maybe wow. five guys so so that was driving me on even more you know and um and then just coming into the finish, when I saw the finish, I was like, uh, number one, I actually thought it was going to be another kilometre or two down the road because oh, the... <laughs> I, I thought it's, it's not here yet. I think I have another K at least to do. And then all of a sudden I turn around the corner. I looked up and I'm like, shit, that's the finish. That's the finish. I'm done. I'm done. I was so happy, like just so happy to be done. But at the same time, I was like, is there anyone in front of me that I can catch? Is there one more person I can catch? You know, but that was it. It was just run in. My whole team was there. Somebody gave me a flag and it was oh, just, yes. it was electric, like, you know, it was actually electric. And like it's so cool because you're 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 coming in, whatever. I was coming in in fifty-fourth position, but the announcer is announcing your name, you know. It's the world champs 
and yes. your name is getting announced, you know, just the same way the first place name is getting announced. Like it's 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 very personal, if you know what I mean. It's very oh, cool. It was and I it's to see you guys coming in and stuff. It just you know, it's like being at the Grand Prix or, you know, at the big football game, whatever. You're part of history and you're seeing people there. I thought it was just absolutely amazing and then what did you do afterwards what was what was ricky's sort of post post race what celebrations yeah, or sleeping I, I had a i had a very like i had a very very high high straight after the race so <laughs> adrenaline fuel ricky win is is a is is a feat to behold i was yes. i was going mental but the problem <laughs> is, with a massive high comes a massive crash. Massive. And I had such a low then. And when everybody <laughs> else finished, they all went for dinner. I grabbed a set of keys and I lay down in the back of one of the crew cars. And I just was like, like I was in a bad, bad way for about three or four hours after that race. And it just happens to me, you know. I do get yeah. kind of like reflux and I'd be almost getting sick, but nothing coming up. And it was funny because... I always say keep showing up, you know, you know. But like the the lads were all saying that I should have a new um, motto of keep throwing up, you know. <laughs> I, was just, I was just puking around the spot. But after a couple of hours, I was fine. I was a hundred percent again. I got a pizza into me. Yeah. We all went back to the. We all went back to the place we were staying. We just had a few drinks, and uh, we still had the classic to do. So, so the classic was the next day. So we yeah. had athletes running that as well. And then once they were done, we all like kind of went into party mode. We had a few drinks. We went for food. Yeah, I was. It was brilliant. Like it was so cool as well because like a lot of those runners that would have been there, I would have known them but never raced with them. I'd have looked up to them but never got a chance to meet them. So it was a, It was just a mental experience, like you know, and something that I'll never ever forget. And because I've been there. I never want to not be a part of that again, you know. Fantastic. I'm hungrier. I'm hungrier to get back, if you know what I mean. And then, what's the what's the next race for you to to do? Although I was trying to sneak you into the fifty, but you can't get over here for that. What what's what's the next um, race that you're down to do? Or I'm actually done... heading to do. I only signed up for it yesterday. I'm heading over to Wales to do Snowdonia Marathon. I'm doing the fifty-seven k. So I'm not sure exactly where that is. It's it's the Snowdonia Marathon. It's called, the Snowdonia yeah. Ultra Marathon or the Snowdonia? Which one are you doing? Race Snowdonia. Well, there's so many of them. Yeah, I think. The, when is it? Uh, What's the date? It is the the seventh of July. Was it the seventh? Seventh of July. Do you know what I've got? Is that race Snowdonia? Is it an ultra marathon or a? No, it does. There's a couple of races. So there's a 10k half marathon, marathon, and an ultra marathon. Phone in with phone him up and say, look, I've got the shits. I can't come. I've got to go and do shoes the week before on the. And coast. when is when is your race? When is it's your on race? the first of July. First of July. I'm crewing a friend in a in in an 80k race over here. Don't give me any excuses now, Ricky. Just because yeah. we're mates. Yeah, I got I got a crew, man. I got a crew, but I will definitely, I'll definitely try and come over to a race that that you're organising. I want to see you, Ricky, at the Penthin Ultra Winter, um, which is a it's a thirty five miler in November, and John John Shield, who is a scarper runner and a really good runner, 
has won it for the last two years. But it's got your name on it, I think, to beat his time because nobody's <laughs> beat his time. But anyway, let's let's talk a bit of stat, uh, stats and so on. You know the um, the polls you used for the Ricky on the 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 reek. Yeah, did you have lights on them? No, 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 no. But you know no. what? I I think I've invented something, Ricky. Lights on poles. Yeah, maybe, maybe, well, yeah. Maybe. yeah. Is, 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 hang on a minute. The signal does sometimes go, or Rachel just gets bored when we're speaking too much. Rachel, are you still there? Oh, she's gone. The signal sometimes goes with Rachel. Um, but yeah, so talking about what you're wearing and what you wore for the races. What, oh, hello? Is that, is that, have you both gone? No, I'm here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is Rachel back? No, she's gone. Yeah, so um, in terms of what you're wearing on your feet and so on, what did you wear for um, Austria? And did you have any uh, kit changes at all? Um, for Austria, like, because Hawker spawns for me, like, so I'm a Hawker racer. So I was yeah. wearing the Tecton X. And I love Hawkers. I've been in Hawkers since 2016, I think. 2017. Yeah. 2017, yeah, I've been in Hawkers. And, and then I was... I was made part of their team maybe two years ago and like I love their gear like I'm a huge fan of Hoka and um, I was wearing the Tecton X nearly all year long in all the races I was doing super shoe but um, in Austria I ended up wearing a really shitty pair of socks because they look good with my kit because they were oh really you're hilarious yeah oh Rachel's back I am and uh, yeah. I destroyed my feet, so I did. I had the worst blisters. I've never got blisters before. My two heels were destroyed in that race. So, so, so can we just rewind a minute there, Ricky? You wore a pair of fashion socks. Yeah, I wore a pair of fashion socks. Because Come on. Green. Yeah. <laughs> Good, man. And then what did you have shorts-wise? And, um, it's it's the... Uh, oh, hang on. Uh, Rachel, are you in a car? I am. You're coming Rachel, with me to get my daughter from work. <laughs> Ra- Rachel, do you mind going off? Because the Absolutely not really a problem bad. at all. Not and a problem. Thank okay. you ever so much, Ricky. I'll Thank catch you. you with you Thank guys you. later. Take okay. care. Right, right, right. Right, Ricky. Yeah, yeah. so um, in terms of your shorts and stuff, that was the Irish kit. Yeah. Brand. yeah. Brilliant stuff. And then your fuel, as well as the aid stations, What what was your... You know, your 60, 60 kilo, well, 60 grams of carbs. What yeah, I was carbs? all, I was all, uh, so what I do, what works really well for me is I take um, an SIS, you know, the SIS brand, yes. uh, caffeine electrolyte tablet. So I had two of them, one for each bottle. So that's yeah. 75 milligrams of caffeine in each bottle. And I'm taking two of those bottles an hour. That's a lot of caffeine, right? Jesus, and, yeah. Yeah. And then 60 grams of carbohydrates through precision gel. So just all precision. And that's all I had all day. I might have picked up uh, like two bits of bananas, you know, like a half a banana maybe or something like that. But all day long, I was precision hydration. Yeah. And did you have any water by itself or was it all the caffeine? No, just all the caffeine. Oh, I Jesus had, Christ. Yeah, I might have had like, uh, a mouthful or two of water at an aid station while I was filling my bottles, you know, just to 
just to have just to quench a bit of thirst. But it just works really well for me. All that caffeine works really well for me. I remember listening to something Tom Evans did. And yeah. Tom Evans took eight hundred milligrams of caffeine in a in a hundred K race and it seemed to work really well for him. So I was like, sure I'll give it a go. And I tried it in a race and it worked really well for me and I've been doing it since. Yeah. I don't sleep for about three days after, but I'm okay. <laughs> I, I was with gonna that. say, yeah, no wonder yeah. you went into the um, into the uh the van afterwards because you were off your nut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. It's like I mean. jittering away there. Yeah, the crash is pretty the crash is pretty bad after it's like, Yeah, it's not the doms, you're just coming off like a lot of caffeine. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant stuff. And did you have a chance at all to have a look round Innsbruck and Dubai um after the races, or was it like, right guys, we're packing up and we're going? No, no, we we got we got a good bit of time there after the race and we went into the athletes' village. It was so well set up, like wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like you had your you might have had it too, you had your tag. And you just went into yeah. the athletes' village and they scanned you, and it, it was so professional. Like, you know, oh, the... just got really good food. Like, I had really good, really good vegan options, everything like that. And then just the the stalls, the atmosphere, the people, the city itself. Like, what a cool city! Oh. You're like in the middle of a city, and you're two minutes away from the mountains. It's it's insane. Like, it's so cool. It is, and I think that was the kind of the buzz, the Mecca, because I hadn't been to any of the Alps before, and I was just, I love, you know, Arari and um, Awitha, you know, Snowdonia. I just love it there. But the vastness of the mountains, it was like, oh, gee whiz, yeah. this is this is the for chisel sort of thing. Ricky, listen, I'm going to let you go, mate, because I've geeked out with you, and I really appreciate your time tonight, um, like chatting, especially, I hope it's got across the, the the magnitude of not only the you know the world mountain and trail championships but also <laughs> what you achieved and you know your next race as you say you're doing the snowdonia um ultra have you got any more races coming up this year yeah like my next big one is ccc so party. are you going you going to have you done utmb races before i've done the ccc last year yeah and how did you get on with that i finished uh I think like ninety sixth overall, something like that. Yeah, but like, oh, yeah. But honestly, man, I had a bad day. I had a really bad day. So this year, I'm going to go to Chamonix for a month in August and sleep in a tent and train properly for this race, like, because I, I want to do it right this time, you know. Good man. There's a lovely lad going out there from Wales. Um, he's a New Balance runner, but he's a lovely guy as well. It's um. Andrew Williams, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's he's going out there as well, and I think it's always good, you know, as you say, putting the time in where you're going to be running to to think. Oh, brilliant! And will you come back on the show after the CCC? Now, oh, 100%, that, um, yeah, 100%, I'm stalking yeah. you. And for anybody that's on Strava, give give um give Ricky a follow because he's great. But also, if you want to see a proper, uh, you know, a proper influencer. On Instagram, give Ricky a follow because there's just nothing better than a slice of Ricky win during the day. But brilliant. Ricky, thanks ever so much from us all here. Best of luck for Snowdonia. Let us know when you're over. Could pop over yeah. and I'd have, a, have a cup of tea with you. But if I don't see you, I'll catch up with you after the CCC on behalf of us all from Get Up and Run. Thanks ever so much, buddy. 
Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate, for having me. It's been a thanks. pleasure. Loved it. Take, Loved it. Take it easy. Bye now. Bye bye.